Hi, welcome to you, me, and CV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Arrested Development. Arrested Development was created by Mitchell Hurwitz. It premiered November 2nd, 2003 on Fox and aired on Fox for three seasons. Netflix revived the series for a fourth season in 2013 and a two-part fifth season in 2018 and 2019. The first three seasons are available to stream on Hulu and all five seasons are available to stream on Netflix. So what's the Netflix description? A son reluctantly tries to save the world's craziest family from themselves. It's a tough business being the normal one. Mm -hmm. What do we think about that description? I think it's pretty accurate, but doesn't really get at how ridiculous this show is. Yeah, it's it's wild. I think mm-hmm. even that main character, that son that they're talking about, Jason Bateman's character, mm-hmm. I think he's not even that that normal. Well, it's all relative. Oh, hey, there you go. That's a pun. Mm-hmm. They should have put that in the description. You should be writing these things. I really should. Hey, Netflix. You hiring? You hiring? Um, so, hey, let's talk a little bit about the conception of the show. So, this is from Wikipedia. Ron Howard uh, had the idea to create a comedy series in the style of a handheld cameras and reality television, but with an elaborate, highly comical script resulting from repeated rewritings and rehearsals. In light of recent corporate accounting scandals such as Enron, writer Mitchell Hurwitz suggested a story about a riches-to-rags family. Howard and his production company, Imagine Entertainment, were immediately interested in using this idea and signed Hurwitz to write the show. The idea was pitched and sold in the fall of 2002, and there was a bidding war for the show between Fox and NBC, with the show ultimately selling to Fox. Interesting. I actually didn't realize that Ron Howard had uh, created the show. He's the narrator on the show, but I didn't know that he had created it. Well, he's not the creator of the show. Mitchell Hurwitz is the creator of the show. Okay. Uh, Ron Howard is the producer. Okay. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so... Yeah, I think it's interesting to look at this because looking at it now, it's about this family with like a patriarch and mm-hmm. they're sort of corrupt and you can see it kind of drawing connections and parallels with like the Trumps, for example. Mm-hmm. But back sure. in 2003, the Trumps were just reality stars. Were they at that point? Probably. I think. I'm not I mean, sure when The Apprentice started airing. Right. But, they yeah. were other things too, but like Enron was sort of, I guess, you know, in the news back then and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, um it's interesting. I wonder how different this show would have been if it went to NBC instead of Fox, though. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been as wacky. Well, I don't know, because it could have ended up on must-see TV Thursday. It would have been like The Office, Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. That'd be quite the lineup. It would. I don't know. They Maybe it wouldn't have gotten canceled after three seasons, but maybe it would have went like straight through for like eight seasons and then just like when is the show gonna end and they would have like jason bateman would have left the show eventually and they would have had like other characters like filling in and stuff like that i'm kind of a firm believer that all shows should end after three seasons they're rarely good after that that's what they used to do well i don't know if they still do but that's how like the british offices and stuff like that you should watch some british tv they all end after like two or three seasons it's not for me you know what my feeling on british television is it's kind of like it's an alternate universe it is everything is. is sort of it's the same, but slightly off. Like, why are they pronouncing it like that? Yeah. Guys. Well, it's an accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, so let's just uh, let's talk about this pilot episode of Arrested Development, though. Um, this episode was, like we said, created by Mitchell Hurwitz. Um, it was written by Mitchell Hurwitz, but it was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, the Russo brothers, which if you're not familiar with the Russo brothers, they are the directors of the... At currently the second most highest grossing movie of all time, Avengers Endgame. Isn't that wild? Oh, I thought you were going to say Yumi and Dupree. They are also the directors of Yumi and Dupree. But that's not the highest grossing no, film that, of all time? That is the, that's the highest grossing. Oh, the second okay. highest is <laughs> Avengers Endgame. So uh, Yumi and Dupree, if you don't know what that is, that's the one with uh, Matt Dillon and uh, Kate Hudson. I think it's Kate Hudson, yep, right? Yeah, it is. And Owen Wilson moves in with them. Yep. I've never seen that movie. Have you seen it? I've seen it. It's awful. It's awful. We decided to name our podcast after it yeah guys if you didn't know our podcast kind of comes from that so that's sort of where we got our namesake there so i had this fun idea that you know a lot of podcasts refer to their fans by certain names like if you listen to my favorite murder they call their fans murderinos they do yep did they come up with that like did the host come up with that or did the fans come up with that i think the host did really i think so the hosts are able to name their fans i feel like it has to come more naturally from the fans you think so well the thing is i wanted to call our fans Dupree's. And I said no. You said no. <laughs> Look, if you want to be called a Dupree, um, you can be, and we can make this a thing, all 15 of you. 
<laughs> in our family. In our family. <laughs> we just call our family Dupree for some reason. They'd be like, why are you calling me that? It's because you're a fan of the podcast. People that listen to our podcast, thank you so much. Because yeah. right now it's our family and you know, I don't know who else is listening, but we've been getting some like reviews on iTunes and things like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's very exciting. People are coming across the podcast. Mm-hmm. So hey, anyway though, the Russo brothers, what a career that is. That's kind of wild that they went from like uh, television shows, like quirky television shows, like Arrested Development, Happy Endings, Community, mm-hmm. and then they're doing all these big superhero movies. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Hey, and speaking of some more facts about the show, let's talk about the cast a little bit. Um, so let's run down. If you've seen the show, you recognize and know these people. If you haven't watched the show, you still probably recognize a lot of these actors. They're mm-hmm. all pretty popular, yeah. um, famous actors for the most part. You've got our main character, uh, Michael Bluth. That's played by Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of playing a similar character to the character Jason Bateman plays in like everything. Jason Bateman's right? an actor to me that's like a lot like Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Where... They play the same kind of thing in all their movies, and it's just always great. Yeah, he's kind of like the everyman, but he's kind of like the one who's like making fun of everything, like kind of like Jim on The Office, like kind of like the one who would be like glancing at the camera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've like kind of in on it. I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting too because Jason Bateman does play the same character and everything. Depending on what it is, it gives off a different vibe. I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or we've just talked about it before, but like Vince Vaughn is like funny and quick witted Mm -hmm. and kind of mean in all of his roles. Yeah. And it's cool and funny and like Wedding Crashers, but in the movie Domestic Disturbance, where he's like a gangster. But he was like the same character, but it's very disturbing. (laughs) Yes. When he's like interacting with like a child instead of with Owen Wilson. Right. And I'll tell you what, Diane, (laughs) Diane does not like Vince Vaughn in Domestic domestic Disturbance. disturbance. She really was. (laughs) So, but no, that reminds me, Jason Bateman's also in Ozark, where he is like a uh, money launderer and, um, Uh you know, it's it's kind of a violent show too. Uh And he plays pretty much the same character, but he's got this much darker side to him in that. So it reminded yeah. me of that a little bit, which Ozark's a cool show too. That's on Netflix. I've seen too the first season. Too violent for me. Uh, but hey, some <laughs> other characters in here. We've got uh, Michael's son, George Michael Bluth, played by Michael Sarah. Mm-hmm. We've got Lindsay Bluth Funke, played by Portia de Rossi. That's Ellen DeGeneres' wife, right? Yeah, and she, the first time I remember hearing about her was on Ally McBeal. She was on Ally McBeal. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We've also got Tobias Funke, played by David Cross. Mm-hmm. We've got Maybe Funke, their Tobias and Lindsay's daughter, played by Aaliyah Shawcat. She's mm-hmm. in Search Party on CBS. Which is a really cool show that I hope we do one day. I hope so podcast. too. I wonder if they're making a third season. Well, then of let's that. do it. We're the ones in charge of that. We don't have to hope. Oh, that's true. We can just do it. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, Aaliyah Shawcat in it. We've got Job, uh, which is Michael and Lindsay's brother, played by Will Arnett. Mm-hmm. We've got Buster Bluth, their other brother, played by Tony Hale. Yep. Jo- George Bluth, the patriarch, played by Jeffrey Tambor. And Lucille Bluth, his wife, played by Jessica Walter. Fun fact about Jessica Walter. Uh, she is also the voice of Fran Sinclair, the mom from Dinosaurs. And I had no idea. <laughs> and now I can only picture the mom from Dinosaurs like saying all these like quick-witted, sharp, <laughs> mean lines th- that she says. Yeah. Um, and then this is also, it's also narrated by Ron Howard. Another national treasure. He is. He's an yeah. icon who transcends generation. It's, it's crazy to think that Ron Howard was on the Andy Griffith show mm-hmm. way back in, what is that, the 50s, the 60s? And then he was in Happy Days. Yep. And then which he's was doing- in the 70s but is it about Set the, 50s? the 50s yep. <laughs> and then Arrested Development and those are just a few of the things he did but it's yeah, crazy to think what a, a big impact he's also a director who's made a lot of big movies yeah mm-hmm. so we've got Ron Howard as our narrator and then um, I wanted to before we got into the sort of the episode breakdown I wanted to read this quote here this is from a review that I believe came out at the time that the pilot came out and this is from the AV Club and they say one thing that always impressed me about Arrested Development is how Hurwitz and his writers crammed so much into the tight space of a half-hour sitcom largely by making those relationship moments direct and to the point while still making time to carefully lay the groundwork for moments that pay off down the road. I think that's a good quote and a good way to kind of describe this show. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, it's a single camera comedy Mm -hmm. and there's no laugh track or anything like that. It feels like it's filmed sort of like a documentary at times, but it's not like a mockumentary like The Office or Parks and Recreation or anything like that. Right, they're not doing like talking heads or anything. Right, right. 
But um, they do do like cutaways to other scenes. Yeah, either cutaways to like other little joke kind of things yeah. or cutaways to do little flashbacks with other kinds of mm-hmm. things on the screen. But it's a very smart show as they're, yeah. you know, tons of jokes and jokes and then really building up into things. We'll get into some of the things they build up into. Yeah, this uh, is another like high joke density show. It is, it is. And I'm sure we're going to miss some of the jokes as we talk about it. And oh, yeah. just to talk about Arrested Development too, We've only seen the first three seasons of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tried to watch the Netflix revival, but we got like an episode or two into it and we just couldn't get into it. And it I think it was kind yeah. of like a bummer. I remember that. It was kind of a bummer. It was originally like it was focusing only on one character at a time in each uh-huh. episode. They eventually recut it and re released it more like the original oh, yeah, series. It didn't go over well. Right. Yeah. There's been some mixed reviews about uh-huh. the last few seasons of Arrested Development, which is kind of a kind of a bummer because we we're sort of looking yeah. forward to it. But But it's also just kind of interesting, like the interaction between like the fan base and the creators of this show. Like that they were ended up recutting it. Yeah, like, that definitely like was not necessarily a thing back in two thousand three yeah. when the show was first yeah. first airing. You know, we also I think the third season it kind of drops off too in my opinion too as far as the quality but the first two seasons of this show fantastic yeah they're really funny yeah but there are some people that are like super into the show like and know all Uh the little jokes and all the little tropes that go throughout it i remember like back in college i was in college from like 2005 through 2009 and this was like the show that anytime you went over to like a guy's apartment arrested development was on arrested development or family guy those were the things that were on. Wow, I met you in college and I never had Arrested Development on, so <laughs> I don't know whose apartments you were going to, but uh, wow. No, but well, I, anyway. I, I did a lot of comedy in college and I remember all the people I did comedy with were always quoting Arrested Development and you know, they was like, oh, it's the greatest show. And yeah. I remember I tried to watch it when it aired, but Fox would always move things to different nights of the week and I just didn't have the DVD of Arrested Development and DVDs back then, if you wanted to buy a series, that was an investment. It'd be like fifty dollars mm-hmm. for a season of a of a show. Yeah, we got into it a little bit later and ended up binge watching it on Netflix. Which it's it's hard for me to imagine not being able to binge watch it because there are so many recurring jokes and themes that come up throughout it, and it would be hard, I think, if you weren't watching it all at once to get it all. Yeah, I think so too. Well, hey, let's let's jump into the episode. All right, let's do it. So, hey, it opens up on a yacht. It is a retirement party for George Bluth, the patriarch of the Bluth Company. Is mm-hmm. that the name of the company? The Bluth Company? I think so, yeah. And they're real estate developers. Yeah. And starts off, the narrator says, this is Michael Bluth. For 10 years, he worked for his father's company waiting to be made a partner. And right now, he's happy. And then, uh, and I like that line. That kind of starts, that's like a, that's an interesting way to start it off. It, you know, it highlights, shows that he's the main character, mm-hmm. shows that he's happy. I like that, and right now, he's happy. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to last. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the first part of the, the series, or the episode, starts, it just introduces all the characters. It's sort of reminiscent of the Royal Tannenbaums, if you've ever seen that mm-hmm. movie. There's a lot of, like, prologue telling us who all these people are, doing little cutaways and things yeah. like that. And um, And then we hear, this is Michael's mother. She isn't happy. And there's a there's an interaction between them uh, where the mother says, look what the homosexuals have done to me. And Michael responds, you can't just comb that out and reset it. Implying yeah, referring that it was her. to her hair. <laughs> That's a, And once you hit that line, it's like, okay, I know what kind of show this is. All right. It's, yeah. It's wacky. It's silly. Yeah. And Lucille Bluth, the, the mother, by the way, is I think my favorite character on the show. She's really funny. I think so, too. She's uh-huh. got good, a lot of good lines. She's very... Uh, wealthy and out of touch um what she's referring to in that scene when she says look what the homosexuals have done to me is that there's going to be um a a boat full of gay protesters at the same time that they're having their yacht party that night yeah they're being loud and obnoxious they want their i think they want their right to marry at at sea or something like that i think that's what's going on i think they <laughs> their um the yacht club is discriminating against oh that's right gay yeah people. yeah mm-hmm. and lucille that yeah lucille says everything they do is so dramatic and flamboyant it just makes me want to set myself on fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of ironic lines like yeah, that yeah yeah and then uh and then we're introduced to michael's twin sister Lindsay. Um, and she's married to Tobias Funke, played by David Cross. And they mentioned kind of her backstory a little bit and that she recently, not recently, but she has moved to Boston and that Michael and his sister haven't spoken in a year and neither has acknowledged this. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a brother that moved to Boston. Oh, yeah. 
yeah but hey, you guys talk we talk all the time yeah he calls me i should call him more yeah you're not great at that i'm really not but he does <laughs> call me he moved to switzerland before he moved to boston but yeah. he's in boston now mm-hmm. and um oh also my name is michael fun fact oh yeah a lot of you know a lot of connections to the show there right actually i always liked it when main characters of shows are named michael because it makes makes me feel like you know i'm a i'm an everyman I don't know. You know, when I hear people called Michael, it like doesn't even register for me that like that's the same as Mike. Oh, like, right. Because I go by Mike. Yeah. It's different to me. Those are different names. They really are. Mm-hmm. This show would be totally different if instead of Michael, he went by Mike. Mike, yeah. Bl- Mike Bluth is a very different man than Michael Bluth. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh-huh. hey, Mike Bluth, how's it going? You want <laughs> you want to buy some insurance or maybe a used car? Yeah. He just wouldn't be too worried about his family right like he wouldn't. like michael bluth is no no uh-huh. michael bluth worried about his family mike bluth worried about uh when happy hour he is. worried about mike bluth hey, and that's it. <laughs> mike worried worries about one thing and one thing only and that's mike bluth right <laughs> anyway uh we're also introduced to job job is um the oldest brother yeah, played by will job arnett is more of a bike like <laughs> Job is more of a Mike. <laughs> Job isn't even his real name. I think it's George Oscar Bluth, but he goes by Job. Oh yeah. So that's and it and it looks like it's Gob, yeah. which is very confusing because that'll I didn't, be like kind of a recurring joke. Yeah. On the show. And I didn't know that it was Job until I actually watched it because I'd seen people quoting it and stuff uh-huh. like that. Um, but he's the oldest brother. He's a magician. We learned mm-hmm. from the narrator Ron Howard that Job recently starred the Alliance of Magicians, an organization that blackballs any performer who reveals a magician's secret. That'll be important later. Yep. And then we also meet Buster. Buster is the youngest of the family. He's an adult as well. Um, and uh, the narrator says, Buster has studied everything from Native American tribal ceremonies to cartography, the mapping of uncharted territories. And mm-hmm. Buster is it just says that he like studied a lot um, but that's just because the family has money and i don't know maybe it's because they don't want him to be in the business because buster Uh and this is sort of they don't really they don't address this at all but buster appears to maybe have some kind of developmental disability or or at least the character disability or something the character plays that way and that's something that you know it's not that it doesn't work going back and watching it it's not like it's like oh geez or anything like that because yeah. it's not over the top in any kind of yeah, way but it's, it's a little uncomfortable though it is a little bit yeah, yeah. and his character is definitely supposed to be like kind of dumb yeah but it's a little more than that it's not like he's a dumb funny we were talking about it earlier we we're trying uh-huh. to like t- break down buster and i was thinking like are there other characters that are portrayed just as like dumb and the character we came up with was Cody from Step by Step. Yeah. If anybody's ever watched that, where he's like dumb but in a funny way. Yeah. And, but it's clear he's not doesn't have a disability or anything yeah. like that. But, but I don't think that's the case with Buster. I think he is supposed to have a disability. Um, right. But they don't explicitly say that. Also, I think um so Buster's played by Tony Hale, who we brought up on our Veep episode because he plays Gary on Veep, and I think I mentioned on there that he's kind of a similar character to Buster, although Gary does not have a disability. But they're kind of um, they act in similar ways and have similar similar relationships with the with a strong female character. Female character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, for Buster, it's with his mother, Lucille Bluth. Right, who he lives with. Yep. Yeah. And um, anyway, then the narrator says, yes, this is his family. So why is Michael so happy? Because he decided to never speak to these people again. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We'll find out he speaks to them again. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, then we get a little title card. There's no opening sequence in the pilot, but there is an opening sequence on the show. And what that opening sequence does is kind of tells that story uh-huh. again, sort of introduces everybody throughout it. And yeah. the, the music is fun in this show too. Oh yeah. It's I don't know. like a ukulele, you think, right? I think it's a ukulele. It's yeah. very jazzy, uh-huh. sort of like a jazz guitar kind of thing it's throughout. Fun. Yeah. Um, so, and then the next scene, we get a flashback and now it's the morning of the retirement party. Yep. So we're kind of building up to that moment that we just saw. Mm-hmm. So um, starts off, you got Michael and George Michael. They're lying on some sleeping bags in an attic. And Michael says to his son, George Michael, what comes before anything? What have we always said is the most important thing? And he responds with <laughs> breakfast. And Michael says, family <laughs> and george michael's like family right i thought you meant of the things you eat which is so ridiculous <laughs> that's a great line yeah <laughs> why would he have thought of the things you eat 
Yeah. Why would he have thought that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. George Michael, played by Michael Sarah, a fantastic character. Uh-huh. Um, but we learned that Michael is expecting to be made a partner in the company following his father's retirement. Yep. And um, currently, they're living in the model unit of their family's housing development. The name of the housing development is pretty fun. It's Sudden Valley. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That's funny. Yeah. You don't want to live in a development called Sudden Valley. No. That implies that suddenly and without warning, it will become a valley. Yeah. <laughs> like from a sinkhole or Nothing something like that. Nothing going to happen in Sudden Valley. <laughs> right. And they, li- yeah. they do live in California. I mean, California has earthquakes. Yeah. This is set in Orange County. Uh-huh. So... Um, Welcome to the OC, bitch. Is that a, is that a line from from the OC? From the OC, because <laughs> yeah. they don't say that in this. I no, don't recall that. No. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just saying that too. No, I would just say that to our listeners. Wow. Yeah. Maybe we'll cover the OC sometime. I hope so. I hope so too. I've never watched it. <laughs> I have. Um, it's it's fun. I did watch Orange County the other day. I threw that on. Yeah. Jack Black. You're always Colin trying to Hanks. throw that on. I like to think of myself as the Sean Brumder of my group. Okay. <laughs> That's a line from Happy Endings, yeah. um, which the pilot was directed by the Russo brothers, so it's all relevant. True. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> then it kind of cuts to, I guess, Balboa Island must be an area of Orange County or something like that. They yeah. mentioned it a few times. Well, first, should we say the reason that Michael and George Michael are living in a model home is because the Bluth Company is in real estate. So that's why they live in that Yes, model that's home. right. And there's no and other homes there. It's yeah. just that one right now. Yeah. And also, it's just... George Michael and his dad, Michael. Should the, we bring this the up? Mom. They don't mention it in the pilot, I don't think. I just watched the pilot like five times. I don't think they mention why there's no Mrs. Michael Bluth. Well, they do. They do toward the end. Um, George Michael mentions that he's lost Oh, that's his right. Mom. Okay. Yeah, recently, um, Michael's wife has passed away, which is kind of a dark backstory for such a ridiculous show. Yeah, it really is. I remember when we were watching that. It's just wild to think that like this whole show, all the events of the show... Uh-huh. Would have never happened, probably, uh-huh. had Michael's wife lived. Uh-huh. It would have been totally different. Yeah. And I think that's, it's a real dark premise. It's it interesting, is. though. But the show is so wacky that you don't really think in those terms. No, yeah. And they do joke about it a few times, yeah. too. It's uh-huh. pretty dark. Um, Actually, that'll tie in with what we're going to cover next week. But hey. Yeah, we'll, I was just thinking that. Oh, yep. weird. Yeah. We'll, we'll get but, there, though. It, if you're listening right now, you're like, oh, what are they going to cover next <laughs> week? Maybe you can guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they cut to Balboa Island, and um, they have a banana stand on Balboa Island. We'll talk about the banana <laughs> stand, I think, a little bit later. But um, Yeah, the, I think you need, if somebody's never seen this before, some clarity around what a banana stand is. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a stand where you sell, like, frozen bananas. Frozen bananas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, this is like a beach kind of boat area. Um, but we do see Michael talking to Job, his brother, and his brother says that he's bought an Aztec tomb recently for a magic trick. It's sort of mm-hmm. like a sarcophagus looking looking thing, a coffin, like an Egyptian uh-huh. coffin. Where you put somebody in and make them disappear. Right. I guess yeah. it wouldn't be Egyptian. It'd be Mexican. The Aztecs, oh, yeah. they Aztecs. built pyramids too. Somebody built pyramids down there. They just look different, right? Sure. Yeah. I think so. The ones with the steps. Yes. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Remember the Alamo. Well, is that an Aztec thing? I don't think it is. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. But this is a trick that he wants to perform at the retirement party. Yeah, I think uh, I don't have this quote written down, but Michael's like, uh, it's a retirement party, not an 11-year-old's birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it cuts to Lucille's apartment. And Lucille, uh, we, we do find out that Lucille's charging personal expenses to the company. That'll be relevant a little bit later on. Yeah, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, it, I think. It really is. Yeah. We also find out that Michael's sister, Lindsay, is in town. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's staying at like the Four Seasons, also yeah. using the company money to stay and there. Michael didn't realize she was in town. He's kind of offended. He's that offended. She hasn't reached out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's uh, also upset with his mother for using the the company money for her personal funds. That's true. Because Michael's very ethical. He is. Uh-huh. The next line, Lucille's cut. This is probably my favorite line of the episode. I love these kind of cutaways. Um, she says to Michael, if you're saying I play favorites, you're wrong. I love all my children equally. And then there's a cutaway where she's like eating breakfast or something like that uh-huh. with uh, Job. And, and she it- just says like completely, or not she's eating, she's eating breakfast like Buster. And um, completely unprovoked, she's like taking a sip from something and she says, I don't care for Job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it says like earlier that day yes. she was saying that. <laughs> yeah. That's it's so stupid. That's great. Um, and then Lindsay and Tobias do, um, they show up. So uh-huh. Michael does see them there. Um, we do find out that Tobias recently lost his medical license mm-hmm. uh, because he gave CPR to a person that was not 
uh, choking or not die. It was just a larger person sitting on like a beach chair or something like that. Yeah. Tobias, by the way, is very flamboyant. Yes. Um, You would maybe think he might be gay if you didn't know he was married to Lindsay. Right. Mm -hmm. Although he's not he's not playing someone like flamboyantly gay. Like he's not playing a stereotypical gay person Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But yeah, he is a little bit flamboyant. And we also find that he is uh, job hunting. Yep. So he's looking for a job. Uh, and uh, Michael says to him, maybe you'll be inspired by the boat party tonight and start a career as a pirate, kind of joking. Mm-hmm. And Tobias says, huh, I haven't packed for that. And uh, that'll come up a little bit later as yeah. well. So Michael's kind of annoyed that Lindsay and Tobias seem to be kind of freeloading off the company. That's um, something that irks him about his family. Right. And speaking of the company, um, we talked about that banana stand earlier. Mm-hmm. George Michael works at that banana stand. Yeah. Making some money there. And a customer comes up. This is the next scene. We cut and see mm-hmm. him at the banana stand. A customer comes up and she says, um, um, yeah, I, I bought a frozen banana. And when I bit into it, I found this. And George says, uh, George Michael says, it looks like a foot. And uh, the person says, it tasted like a foot, which I didn't really mind, but I'm pretty sure I said no nuts. Mm-hmm. And then George Michael says, hey, you're my cousin, aren't you? And then the person says, maybe, mm-hmm. which is fun because her name is Maybe, which is also yeah. very fun too because there's a lot going on with this cousin here. Yeah, she's a, she is George Michael's cousin. Her name is Maybe. Um, but they haven't seen each other in a long time, George Michael and Maybe, so that's why they don't recognize each other right away. Right, and... Um, Maybe is kind of, she's sort of rebellious in uh-huh. a way. And they do reference too that her mother, Lindsay, was also rebellious. Yeah. Whereas George Michael, kind of like his dad, is like very, like, on very the straight and narrow. Yeah. yeah. Like, would never, like, disobey his his dad. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh-huh. kind of wants to teach her parents a lesson by pretending, like, oh, she just met this guy and, like, she's making out with him and all that kind of stuff. But it's yeah. actually her cousin, yeah. George Michael, to kind of show, like, how come we haven't like been seeing our family? Like, yeah. look, that'll show them, which yeah. <laughs> George Michael is like, uh, isn't that against the law? Yeah. Is, he's kind of horrified, but also kind of excited about that kind of excited. idea. I think the idea here too, is that they probably have not seen each other since they were little kids. Yeah. And they're probably, uh-huh, their parents don't get along. Right. And I'm assuming they're like 15, 16 right here. So yeah. like they've, you know, they're, you know, into their, uh, awkwardness of their Mm -hmm. teenage years and and he sees her and is kind of attracted to her yeah so so this is one instance where the show is kind of flirting with the idea of of incest which it does a lot it it does yeah yeah did you want to talk about all the different kind of things that this show brings up yeah i wanted to bring up so this is like a super wacky show but it's interesting because it kind of has a lot of the same recurring themes that you would see in like a Shakespearean play or like um, like a Greek drama. So one of those is incest that comes up a lot throughout the show. Another one is questionable paternity. Again, that joke where she, he said, aren't you my cousin? And she said, maybe there's kind of a double meaning there. Right. Um, and that's something that comes up a lot throughout the series. Another thing that I think is similar to like a Greek drama is uh, the theme of like emasculation or um, losing limbs or other kinds of physical or mental disabilities. Um, That's something to watch out for in this series as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so all these things too, when we were watching it, we mentioned earlier that we watched it all in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, We binged it and we really did. You picked up on a lot of that as we were watching yeah. it. It was kind of like, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's interesting that they, they keep bringing this thing up. Like, how important is that going to be? Yeah. And some of it's really important. Some of it's just as that extra depth to the show, sort of like how symbolism is in literature, where it's like, ooh, right. it's very important, but it's also like, you know, or yeah. like allusions to things. And some of it's just like weird, fun Easter eggs. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a very smart show. I'd say it's probably one of the, smartest um i guess well put together kind of like half hour sitcoms that yeah. we've watched well at the same time being just very ridiculous yeah <laughs> yeah definitely so uh-huh. hey after this scene with maybe and george michael we see a quick little scene with tobias who's getting ready to kind of head out to the um to the retirement party but he's 
<laughs> dressed like a pirate now because he thought that it was a pirate-themed party based off of Michael's comment earlier. Right. And he kind of gets sort of swept up with all these uh, people dressed like pirates that are uh, leaving, I guess, the hotel. And he kind of goes along with them. We'll yeah, find out. But those that, are actually the gay activists who are yes. going to uh, protest the Yacht Club. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and now we are back at this boat party. We're kind of right around where that opening scene was. And we see um, George Bluth Sr. giving a uh, retirement speech here. And he says, uh, I give to you the new CEO of the Bluth Company. Certainly the smartest Bluth. My favorite Bluth. And the... uh, Uh, All the while, Michael Bluth is listening to this, thinking that his dad is talking about him because he's the natural person to take over for the Bluth Company. Right. Right. And the... uh, sexiest creature I have ever laid eyes on. Yeah, that's how George (laughs) Sr. continues. Yes, uh, (laughs) and Michael, actually, you see his face kind of go like, huh, okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I guess, all right, I can see it. Uh, (laughs) And uh, then George says, my lovely wife, Lucille and Michael is disappointed by this. Yeah. Lucille screeches with the lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's very excited. Um, and it's, you know, people are, you know, they're they're upset, they're confused. Yeah. I think George Sr. says to Michael, like it's it's not, it's just the, not time. the right time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh George Michael and maybe um they start making out there to kind of rebel a little bit yeah. as well kind of uh-huh. go through with their plan yeah but um, that gets cut short because some police boats come in mm-hmm. <laughs> i think george michael says i knew police it was boats. illegal <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, um, but, but they're not coming because of the incest they're coming because it's the uh it's the sec the security and exchange commission because uh-huh. there's been a lot of corruption in the bluth company they've been oh, using man. it as their own personal bank account yeah which i always get confused by things like that isn't it a big company where they're all like kind of rich can't they just use the money that they're making out of the profits but Apparently they must just be not. so greedy <laughs> they must just be they do mention a lot of money that they've been kind of shelling out so yeah um and there's some arrests that take place they tell uh well you see parts where um george george bluth is on the phone and he's saying things like clearly talking to like a secretary he's like Uh, shred it shred it save it yeah they're all kind of like scrambling the the bluths are right around the boat job tells uh george to get into the tomb into the aztec tomb where you're like going and disappear Uh (laughs) yes and then it sort of cuts to we see a newscaster talking about the events of the day and we do see one saying it was mr bluth's son gob a (laughs) part-time magician who hid his father here in the aztec tomb by pushing on this pivoting panel mr bluth was able to hide in the airless chamber And then Job Job reacts to it, uh, watching the TV saying, I have to think the Alliance is going to frown on this. (laughs) And then the newscaster says, perhaps a good trick for a human, but the dogs found him almost instantly. I think that's my favorite line. I like that's a really good line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So uh, they're all watching the news. I think at this point they're in the police station. Mm -hmm, Because... um, the dogs did find George Sr. and right. he was arrested. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see Tobias has a little speech here in this point um, where Tobias says, uh, he says, what an adventure, gang. I thought that the homosexuals were pirates, but it turns out most of them were actors in the local theater. You are right, though. It's amazing. I've been waiting for the universe to provide a path for me, and I think it has. And Lindsay says, you're gay. And Tobias says, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not gay. No, Lindsay, how many times must we have this? No, I want to be an actor. <laughs> and that'll be like a running kind of gag. Well, the him may or may not being gay is a running gag, but yep. also his attempts to become an actor. Yep. At one uh-huh. point, uh, not to give away spoilers or anything like that, but at one point he briefly uh, joins or tries to join the Blue Man group, which was big at the time. <laughs> yeah, so, he accidentally blew himself <laughs> oh that's right there's a lot of fun lines a lot of fun puns yes yeah. mm-hmm. um so after that michael explains to everybody he says okay guys they're gonna keep dad in prison at least until this gets sorted out also the attorney said that they're gonna have to put a halt on the company's expense account and everybody is shocked and mm-hmm. <laughs> then he goes yeah. interesting i would have expected that after they're keeping dad in jail yeah because uh, <laughs> what they're shocked by is the the halt on the expense account right yeah there's a pause a, after that first yeah, part with no reaction yeah that's yeah. a fun part these yeah. people are like they're terrible people uh-huh they're, they really are they, all, all of them except for maybe michael and his son yeah i think so yeah. and maybe 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 
I think she she's not. Yeah, the I guess greatest. she's no, she's not. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we kind of cut and see sort of everybody. Uh, I guess living out the aftermath of all of this, we see Tobias auditioning for Anna Get Your Gun, or at least for do it. He's doing a song from Anna Get Your Gun at some point uh-huh. for a local theater, for a community theater thing. We see Michael um, taking a job with another housing company. Yeah, since he didn't get the promotion he was expecting right. um, from his his father's company. Yeah, and he is going to be moving away. With moving George to Phoenix. Michael. Yeah, he he wants to get away from his family and not have anything to do with them. He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we see Buster. Uh, oh, because Lucille gave control of the company to Buster. Yeah, since Lucille was put in charge of the company, she's like handing over the the operations to Buster. Right. He's having trouble. Uh, yeah, he's in like a board meeting and clearly... Um, I think he has a panic attack at some point. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's not really sure what's going on and um, not able to do what they're expecting of him. Right, and because of that, Everybody, Lucille, um, and everybody decide to stage an intervention. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that intervention is for Michael to, they, they want to bring Michael in and uh, have him run the company. Yeah. So in this scene, it kind of made me think of, you know, the movie It's a Wonderful Life and, and George George Bailey, the Jimmy Stewart character in that movie, he like wants to get out of the town, but he keeps getting pulled back into it to help other people. Um, and I kind of felt like Michael Bluth was kind of a George Bailey type character in that he ends up staying for his family yeah help them out sure yeah although he doesn't stay after this intervention this intervention doesn't move him to stay no right? he'll have a conversation i think with um yeah. with his father that he's, or no with his son yeah we'll get to that at the end we'll yeah. get to that but yeah he's mostly just annoyed by this intervention yeah and, he's uh, like this is more of a they don't really know what an intervention is yeah he's like this is more <laughs> of an imposition and they're like call it whatever you want he's like i'd like to call it an imposition <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um kind of while some of this is going on too maybe and george michael are off to the side and maybe he's like can you believe this they're still fighting george michael says yeah i know i'm tempted to kiss again so we could teach him a lesson <laughs> maybe he's like why would that teach them a lesson <laughs> he's like no i mean uh to freak them out and she's like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> and he's just like so awkward about it and also just wants to kiss his cousin oh well um so hey uh let's see the next scene we've got george oh well they say you should the family says at least Michael, you should go say goodbye to your father who is in, in jail prison. right now. Yep. Yeah. And Michael goes to visit him and he says, I quit. And George says, probably a good career move. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the explanation for why Michael was not chosen. And the, the explanation is that uh, if he had chose Michael to be his successor, you know, if Michael had been on uh-huh. as, as a, in a leadership role, then he'd be an accomplice. And right. so he says, no, it had to be your mom. They cannot arrest a husband and wife for the same crime. <laughs> and when uh, when Michael hears that from his dad, he's like, yeah, that's, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at least, at least George Sr. was trying to help out his family. Yeah, I think I so. Yeah. That's <laughs> kind of his saving the cat moment. Right. Even though he didn't do a good job hey, because uh, he doesn't have good lawyers. No, he doesn't have good lawyers. We'll find out later that his lawyer is played by Henry Winkler. Yeah, the Fonz. The Fonz. Which is fun because Ron Howard is the narrator of the show oh, and they yeah, work together. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Henry Winkler, the the lawyer character he plays is Barry Zuckercorn is the name of that. And oh, yeah. Henry Winkler is also on the show Barry. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. By the way, my mom talked to Henry Winkler on the phone once. Oh, uh, yeah. What she, she sold say? him some jewelry for his wife. Oh, that's was like your mama 80s. jewelry saleswoman in the eighties. Briefly, 80s? apparently, yeah. Hey. She said he was very nice. Well, I think he is. He was on that one show yeah. where comedians, not comedians, I guess old actors would travel around the world. We watched an episode of it one at time your mom's at house? my mom's house. Yeah. She made us watch it because my brother travels the world, and I think they were in one of the places that he travels. Yeah, and um, I remember part of the subplot of the episode was that. Uh, William Shatner is, does not like talking to his fans because <laughs> he's like the Star Trek guy and his fans yeah. are like very like 
intense, intense probably and there's yeah. lots of them and they're like hardcore fans and like henry winkler loves going out and talking to the fans and he didn't he didn't get why uh, william shatner didn't want to interact with the fans yeah. so henry winkler seems like a totally he seems cool like dude. a joy he really does he and does. he's funny i think he's an underrated actor yeah. i know he i'm pretty sure he got an emmy last year for his work on barry mm-hmm. but his work on barry is so fantastic it is and he's also really funny on arrested development mm-hmm. so if you haven't watched the series and you've just watched the pilot or you're thinking about watching the series um that's one of the great characters mm-hmm. that's in this series there's a lot of great guest stars and things like that too yeah. i want to get through the rest of the episode here but um julia louis dreyfus mm-hmm. um from veep and from seinfeld yeah. she's also has like a little story arc going on and i don't yeah. know if that's the first or the second season but she's fantastic mm-hmm. i don't know if there's any other ones that stand out right now that i can think of What's Ben Stiller's wife's name? She's in it at some point. Oh, is Christine she? Christine something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex-wife, I think. I don't think they're together anymore. Oh. Yeah. That's upsetting news to me. I didn't know that. Well, I'm okay. sorry. I don't think they are. I'm not 100% sure. But Ben Stiller's also in it, too. He plays a magician. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, anyway, back to the episode here. We do find out. Also, husband and wife can't be charged for the same crime. That's so funny. Uh-huh. What he's probably thinking of is like you don't, ha- you can't force them to testify against each other. Yeah, which I think is a thing, but I guess I don't actually know if that's I don't actually a thing. know if that's a thing or not. Yeah, it's it's funny though. Like when people when they have characters have things like slightly off like that, it's uh-huh. like shows that they're like kind of stupid. But right. <laughs> I like it uh, because it's not out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we'd also see them back at the model home where Michael and George Michael are living. We see Michael, well, George Michael is talking to his aunt, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. They kind of have a moment where they're talking about family, not seeing each other. Yeah, and the, the reason Lindsay is there is because she's just trying to um, get as much stuff as she can out right. of the model home because that's like the family's last remaining asset. So she goes there to see if there's anything valuable now, but um, also, too, we talked about how the only good characters are Michael and George Michael. And George Michael is having sort of an emotional scene talking about, you know, family and how he misses his Aunt Lindsay and things like that. Because uh-huh, he's lost his mom. and That's so, true. But yeah, his ulterior motive here is that he's kind of into his cousin. Oh, that's so, true. You know, yeah. as far as like saying uh-huh. who's just a good person or whatever, you know, he's, you know, he's got ulterior yeah. motives as well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And Lindsay does seem to be a little bit moved by what George Michael says. Yeah, she, she is. She, when he catches her in there, she pretends to be there for him. And, but when he gives that little speech, she does seem to care about him right and then we see uh, and there's also a part two where she's like trying to cry <laughs> and there's oh, yeah. a fun back and forth yeah, between her and michael yeah because michael has um he has arrived and he kind of overhears this interaction between uh george michael and Lindsay, and he sees that his son really um needs a family right now yeah and that's what kind of inspires him to stay in town and then kind of the final scene before the the ending part we see everyone playing monopoly in the model home we find out that yeah and we find out that Lindsay and tobias and maybe are gonna be moving into the model home with michael and george michael yeah but there's not quite enough bedrooms no and they say uh well michael says uh yeah what the hell huh family first right it's gonna be a little crowded though so i think you're gonna have to share a room with your cousin (laughs) and that's sort of the the end for the most part of the episode there yeah uh and then we see the narrator says on the next episode of Arrested Development and then we see George Michael's room and he's like sitting on the bed and in the shower you can hear maybe singing and she's singing uh Britney Spears, Spears yeah. I'm not that innocent yeah <laughs> <laughs> we also yeah. see a cut to uh Job trying to get a job with the company that Michael had thought he was gonna get a job with the uh-huh. company in Phoenix and he they're like can we see like your resume or whatever and he does like a little magic trick with a pigeon (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh and then we also see michael again talking to his father in jail we the narrator says and michael finds it difficult to get his father out of jail and michael says you love it here and george says oh i'm having the time of my life he says hey t-bone and he like gets a little (laughs) handshake with a guy yeah and uh, i think uh that George might be wearing a do-rag as well. Yeah, yeah. But we're not actually going to see any of this on the next episode of Arrested Development because that's just a fun thing they do at the end of each episode is they say on the on the next episode, but it doesn't actually come to fruition. Right. I love that. I it's think that, so funny. That is such a fun gag. I yeah. think it's it's cool because it, like, it just takes these other jokes uh-huh. and just builds upon them in a fun kind of way because it's like, I remember watching it and thinking like, that didn't happen. Like they... That was a scene like that they said was going to happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just so, it's such a, 
I've never seen anything else do that. I think it's so cool and so fun because, it's, yeah. yeah. It's such a fun thing the show does. Also, just the narration on this show is so funny. Do you ever, like, in your life, just kind of imagine, like, Ron Howard narrating what you're doing? Because oh, I yeah. sometimes imagine that in my Well, life. It, it's become, like, a <laughs> meme, like, where people, where people, like, will tweet things out and yeah. it'll say, like, usually it'll be done with, like, a political thing, like, Donald uh-huh. Trump says this or something like that. Like, yeah. it'll say, narrator. He didn't or something like that. You yeah. know, like it all. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's become sort of a meme like that. Uh-huh. Um, that ending too, the, the, on the next episode of Arrested Development kind of thing. I used to do a thing sort of like that when I wrote for the, um, for the school newspaper in high school. Mm-hmm. I wrote a comic strip called um, The Adventures of Pants Man. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen it. It, I've seen it some was excellent. copies of the newspaper. It was uh-huh. excellent. But I would do a similar kind of thing. I would just say like to be continued at uh-huh. the end of each episode or at the end of each comic strip. And it was just never continued. It's a similar concept. That is similar. Yeah, yeah. Where I would leave on like a weird cliffhanger, but it was like, I don't know. It was obviously it wasn't going anywhere. It was just like leave on a weird gag. Do you think Arrested Development ripped you off? I don't know. I did this, I think around the same, I was like a junior, senior in high school. So it was around oh, the same time. Oh, I may have okay. got the idea from that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we were talking about the uh, OC later. I was looking up reviews of Arrested Development. One thing they said in a review from the Hollywood Reporter, they said, maybe this is Fox way, Fox's way after the OC of giving equal time to the other residents of Orange County. I thought that was a <laughs> fun line right there yeah it's a very different vibe is it from the oc i would imagine very different vibe yeah (laughs) um oh you know what i wanted to talk about too i didn't put it in the notes but that's a fun title too arrested development Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of different meanings yeah because literally somebody gets arrested but also they're developers yeah and but also arrested development is kind of like isn't that like a phrase for when you're like in perpetual adolescence sort of and and nobody seems like a full-grown adult except maybe michael bluth on this show that's a good title anyway this show critics loved it when it came out yeah you know the audiences it's like a cult classic right yeah like a big following this pilot the pilot episode itself now it won outstanding writing for a comedy series and it also won uh outstanding uh directing for a comedy series Mm. so look at that good job russo brothers that's the height of your uh your height of your work there (laughs) yeah Uh (laughs) uh-huh just kidding they made (laughs) billions and billions of dollars (laughs) so i bet they're more proud of this I don't know people love that avengers movie i haven't seen it so i know people do but <laughs> you're um, not a fan of the superhero movies i'm no well mm-hmm. are you a fan of games do you i am a fan of games well check it out we sometimes do games here on the podcast we don't have prizes no nope. we i it's hard for me to keep score of them uh, <laughs> but um we're gonna play a game okay this game is called george michael bluth quote or lyric from a george michael song or, or a Wham song. I'm going to use both okay. interchangeably there. Yeah. So, Gia, here's what you're going to do. You're going to tell me if I'm going to read you a quote, and it's either something that George Michael says from Arrested Development, okay. not from this episode, but just from the series in general, okay. or it's a lyric from a George Michael song. So, okay. Bluth or no Bluth? Bluth or no Bluth. Okay. That should have been the name. No, that's... Oh, yeah. Say Bluth if it's George Michael. Okay. Of the Bluth. Gotcha. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Gia, are you ready? I'm ready. Put 60 seconds on the clock. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to read through okay. all of them. Okay. <laughs> were you going to make a clock sound effect? That's what it sounded like you were going to do. <laughs> maybe. What does it sound like? Am I your cousin? Maybe. <laughs> I hope not. Here we go. First one. It's the girl who ripped my heart out. The girl whose face will always be etched in my mind. Um, No Bluth. Oh, that was actually Bluth. Oh, no. Wait, should we run through them fast, or should we talk about when those quotes came up? Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's, uh, do you know who they're talking about there? If are it is Bluth. Are they talking about Anne? They are talking about Anne. Oh, The yeah. fantastic uh, Mae Whitman. Oh, I love Mae Whitman. She has a fun role in this show. Uh, yeah, as George um, Michael's on-again, off-again girlfriend. Yes, yeah. and very forgettable to, uh, <laughs> to yeah. Michael Bluth. Okay, so you got that one wrong. That's one wrong. All right. All right, you're zero for one all right rub it in all right next one maybe you mean every word you say i feel like you're trying to trick me with this <laughs> so i'm gonna say no bluth no bluth maybe you mean every word you say that's from faith i don't know exactly how it goes i was singing the Limp biscuit version just then uh excellent so you got one you're you're one and you're two, one for two. 
Okay. All right, next one. Yeah, but then if he makes it disappear, won't everyone just see me standing there? Um, Bluth. That's Bluth. That's a reference to one of the magic tricks. I figured. Okay. <laughs> but it kind of rhymed. It, I, yeah. I could it, sing it that in a song. like a song. Yeah, yeah, but then if he makes it disappear, won't you just see me standing there? <laughs> okay. Uh, next one. <laughs> she sometimes takes a little pack of mayonnaise and she'll squirt it in her mouth all over <laughs> all over and then she'll take an egg and kind of mm, she calls it man egg i hope that's not a song so i'm gonna go with bluth that's bluth as well i believe that's george michael talking about his girlfriend ann again <laughs> yeah, this is such not, a beautiful only, not only is she forgettable she's also gross all right next one all we have to do now is take these lies and make them true somehow um i'm gonna say no bluth no bluth i forget which song that's from but uh it is a george michael song oh this by the way this this game is reminding me that on one of our first dates we um we karaoke to a wham song do you remember that? oh we did wake me up before you go yeah, yeah. that's one of my go-to songs wake me up okay next before one we go, go. yep go hey you know maybe we're not because when you think about it we don't really even look like each other <laughs> Bluth. That is Bluth talking about his cousin, maybe. Wondering if maybe he's his, that's actually his cousin. I might write a song based on those lines. <laughs> Next one. That's all I wanted, but sometimes love can be mistaken for a crime. No Bluth. No Bluth. Although <laughs> they do believe that their love may be a crime. Yeah, good job picking these quotes. <laughs> Thank you. Next one. Save yourself. I'll take the hit. My record's clean. Well, I got my bike seat stolen once, but I don't think it counts on your record if you're the victim. Bluth. <laughs> that is Bluth, yes. <laughs> That'd be a weird song, too. <laughs> be a real weird song. <laughs> my best friend told me what you did last night. Oh, that's wake me up before you go. It is wake me up before you go. That's no Bluth. No Bluth. And last one. Wow. I'm Mr. Manager. Bluth. (laughs) That's Bluth. Hey, you got most of those right. Woo. Um, Your prize? Uh, Your prize is that next week, we're going to be talking about full house. Ooh. That's a prize for everybody. Everybody wins on that one. Except, what's that one guy's name? The guy who got replaced by Bob. Bob Saget. Oh, I don't know his name. We've got a lot of fun facts that we're going to talk about for Full House, <laughs> yeah. including its original unaired pilot, which is available on the DVD, uh-huh. which we have. But also Full House is streaming on Hulu. So if you want to check that out before you listen to our episode, um, you can check it out there. Do it. But, th- you know, we talked earlier, though, about how this show, Arrested Development, it centers around a family, but it includes mm-hmm. a, you know, a man whose wife had recently passed away. Yes. And so we want to take a look at a- another show focusing around a family but a more i guess functional family as opposed yeah. to this wacky dysfunctional yeah, but family it is an extended family yeah um, but it also focuses on someone who who yeah and the extended family all kind of living together interacting yeah. with each other but it focuses on someone whose wife has recently passed That's away true. as well also which we didn't make the connection we were doing it though but yeah let's pretend, let's that, pretend we that we did, that we we did it on purpose yes. yeah. also it's in california Oh, yeah, it is. San Francisco. San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun talking about Full House. Yeah. Do we have anything else we want to talk about for Arrested Development? Nope. Excellent. So, hey, <laughs> you guys should check us out on Facebook at You, Me, and TV, on Twitter at You, Me, and TV Pod, and on Instagram at You, Me, and TV Podcast. And if you could, it would be so awesome if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got new episodes every week, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all. Bye. Bye.